Welcome to the On The Green Podcast, where we'll give you the latest news and events from the world of golf and spotlight golf courses from around Northeast Florida and the First Coast. We'll take you inside the ropes with interviews, strategies for playing the courses, and get a tip from the head professional. Each show will also feature an interview with a prominent golf insider. They'll share firsthand stories and insights you won't hear anywhere else. Now, here's your host of On the Green, Tim Eiley. Hello, and welcome to another edition of On the Green Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Eiley. We're coming to you from Studio Podcast Suites here in Jacksonville, Florida. You can find this podcast on your favorite podcast platform or check us out on our website, onthegreenconsulting.com. There you can also find my monthly blog, which I hope you'll enjoy. Now, this is the third highlight show in our series, where we take a look back at some of the most memorable interviews and moments of the past three years of On the Green Podcast. On today's show, we're going to look back at the first two podcasts featuring conversations with Michael Toth, who's the tournament director of the Charles Schwab Challenge, and Steve Wilmot, who's the tournament director at the RBC Heritage. These guys operated the first two events of the PGA Tour restart after COVID put a halt to the schedule at the Players' Championship back in March of 2020. Now, I spoke to Michael the week before his event, and then again on the Friday of his event, and then spoke to Steve on the Friday of his event. You'll now hear just how different things were just a couple of short years ago. It's going to be a great show, so welcome to the 43rd edition of On the Green Podcast. Now, back in show one, uh, when I spoke to Michael Toth, it was the week before the 2020 Charles Schwab Challenge. And I asked him how things were going in preparation for the first event of the PGA Tour restart. You know, when the players canceled and then then the next four events after the players got canceled, Masters postponed, next four events canceled, PGA Championship postponed. Then we were next, and let's just say we were the next in a, a slew of events. And right. I think deep down inside, I'm like, we're canceled. There's just no way. And yeah, and and then you know, yeah, and then it was, and then it was like, well, what if what if we just move dates? And so the PGA Tour came to us and said, ideally, we'd like to pick up everybody and move them three weeks forward. So that would be Memorial. That would be, you know, that would be um, Canadian Open. That would be, you know, sort of everybody after us, U.S. Open. Okay. Okay. And then, you know, looking at it from market to market. And he made it clear during our discussion that he wanted to be the first tournament of the restart. We raised our hand and said, hey, we'll go first under any circumstance. Under any scenario, we want to go first. And then Harbor Town raised their hand and like, hey, shit, we've built half of our stuff already. You know, we're supposed to be after the Masters. We'll go after Colonial and then and then Connecticut and then Detroit. So once that press release went out mm-hmm. announcing Colonial first up event back, you know, we didn't know if we were going to be fans or not that moment. That was kind of that was one of those like. I've just proposed and I'm now I'm really excited. You know, it, it was one of those things where you're like, okay, that press release is out there and we're first event back. And then all of a sudden everybody wanted to know what that was like. 
and everybody wanted to know what the event's going to be like. And we didn't have any answers. We just knew we were going to go. <laughs> we were going to go June 8th. But we didn't know about fans or no fans, members, no members, protocols. And so it has been an onslaught, an onslaught of sort of eight weeks of what's this all look like from a player perspective? What's it all look like from a volunteer perspective? What's it look like for a title sponsor, fans, no fans? And so we've gotten to a point where we all feel really, really comfortable with the environment that we're presenting to the players. Okay. We feel, yeah, we feel real good about no spectators as, as, as awful as that sounds, you know, just watch it at home, golf channel, Thursday, Friday, CBS, Saturday, Sunday. And, you know, I mean, we made the call too, that we couldn't have members on the ground and, and that, and that created, you know, that's, that's, that's a whole different issue in, in itself because we're a member based club, but sure. Sure. Y- yeah. But you had to do it. You know, it's just, if we were going to, if we we're going to be the first event back, and do it right. Let's take out all those variables and let's focus on the players and the caddies and let's get golf back to playing and let's all watch it from home and enjoy it, you know, at, at however we need to outside the four walls of Colonials. We talked about charity, which is in the PGA Tours DNA and also in the tournament's DNA. With no spectators or corporate hospitality, charitable contributions were going to be a challenge in a big way. We've helped generate $14 million on an annual basis for predominantly 50 charities in our community. So we're hopeful that those charities are continuing to, to raise their dollars. And, and and so you put that over in this category. And then we have other charities that support the concession operation of our golf tournament. So mm-hmm. we sell about, a, yeah, we sell about a million dollars in concessions. So that's, that's the ticket hole that, has, that buys a beer, a hot dog and, travels around the golf course right and so that those charities associated with that concession piece of our golf tournament that's gone and that's nine to ten percent to them so that's about a hundred and twenty thousand dollars that's divided up between 20 charities so that that's kind of all gone and then very significant yep yeah it's significant and then here's the other piece is we we give out a lot of tickets and I'm not being critical. I'm just saying we, we give a lot of, a lot of tickets to charities, auctions, school raffles, um, giveaways, employee, whatever. So we hand out probably a million dollars worth of tickets and they all help raise dollars in the community. And so just think about that element. We're now calling all those people <laughs> and saying, hey, you've contributed whatever to whatever charity. Um, we're not going to be able, you know, we're obviously not have a golf tournament. We hope that you'll continue to support that charity. According to Michael, the tournament was working hard to make sure the revenue streams to help the local charity stayed in place. Well, for the most part, anyway. Everybody is affected. But at the end of the day, we're, we're trying to, to keep our charities whole. We're going to roll out a program called Rise to the Challenge where we've, re- we've reached out to some tour pros and we'll do it all week long. Is hey, I want, you know, Ricky, sign this glove, sign this tea marker, sign your caddy bib, and people can go online and buy raffle tickets for $10, $20, $50, whatever the, whatever the contribution is, and, and people can rise to the challenge and, and win a Ricky Fowler signed caddy bib or a or a Steve Stricker signed Ryder Cup bag or a Bryson DeChambeau, you know, his signature hat. So 
we're encouraging our fans and our partners to rise to the challenge along with our players to, to help keep that charity number in Tarrant County rock solid with our 33 charities and then along with our, our you know, our COVID-19 efforts too. I asked Michael how things were going to be handled differently by he and his team. Yeah, well, my, you know, it's our offices, um, you know, all of our internal clocks are all out of whack because our tournament was like two weeks ago. Right. <laughs> so, <we're, laughs> so back in April, we learned that we would be going in June. And so you shift from 12 months, or sorry, 10 months of, of preparing for Pro-Am and corporate hospitality, upgraded tickets and fan enhancement and you know, culinary and concessions to issue. Now we're into the COVID-19 testing and, and the protocols for, for testing players in advance of the golf tournament. So we're working through those details. And then right. we're, we're working on limiting, you know, 1,600 volunteers and whittling that down to 300. And what's that all look like from a from a volunteer services perspective? So that's, you know, shot link volunteers and marshal volunteers events within the events, executive women's day and the Hogan award and champions dinner. And some of those committees with volunteers are, our Patriots outposts, you know, our, our corporate, you know, ambassadors program, those, those committees are sort of all gone. So that gets whittled down. And, and then it's like, how do you deliver a car and who's touching the car? And is it going to sit for, <laughs> oh yeah. Who, is it going to sit for three days? And then once a player, hands it off to our valet. Well, how's our valet cleaning it? And and then, sure. yeah. And then, you know, even now back at that time, having fans on the course was something that was kind of a, a gray area and title sponsor, Charles Schwab had their own feelings about whether or not to have fans on the course. And I think Schwab said, we would like to have no fans. And I think at that moment we were all semi relieved because there wasn't a scenario that was going to play out where we could provide a safe environment for, for all parties. And so by taking that element of the golf tournament out, we, it it got easier and it's not easy, but it, it got easier. And so we were then able to focus on what's most important. That's players, that's volunteers, that's the 800 people that's going to be on the ground at any one time. And so they've been great throughout it. You know, I think they, they're in the catbird seat because we're first up and I've never done more TV interviews. I've never done more podcasts. <laughs> I've never done more radio. I've never done, I've never had my, my, my daughter who's nine and my son's six, you know, every now and then I'm on the nightly news or whatever locally in there. And they, they think I'm like this, <laughs> I think I, you know, they think I'm somebody I'm not. And uh, it's a, now, I'm a Come big on. celebrity Come now, on. dad. Come on. <laughs> so they're the, I, you know, the other part to it is, is the trade in from encore signage and, and mesh and all that stuff you would see during the telecast. I hope is replaced by a lot of eyeballs. Now in show two, I then caught up with Michael on the Friday of his tournament week and asked him how things were going. You know, it's been 12 weeks of uh, H-E-L-L, and it's been really uh, it's been really difficult, but it's been good collaboration with the PGA Tour and Charles Schwab, and our mayor, Betsy Price, has been amazing. Governor Abbott's been really, really helpful. So it's, it's 
it's, I think I can finally say fun. It's been fun to see it all come together. Yesterday was super. Today's great. I mean, it's whatever, 75, 80, whatever degrees out, not a cloud in the sky. I also asked him about the atmosphere with no fans or corporate folks milling around. I say eerie, but it's just, it's really quiet. It's kind of like your member guest. It's kind of like an upscale uh, USM. It's, it's really, really quiet. There's a lot of TV camera carts. There's a lot of carts. There's a lot of photographers. There's a lot of players and caddies, not so many volunteers. It's really, uh, it's really quiet. And I then asked him if there were any player concerns. No concerns. And this is, this is the truth. I mean, I have probably met with, I don't know, three quarters of the field at various times. And they're all really thankful. And they're really thankful that, it, that it's us, that it's Colonial and Fort Worth and 74 years of history. And The lack of fans and corporate folks was not all bad news, as Michael and his staff actually got to watch some of the golf action. Okay, so it's five after one. And traditionally on Fridays, our mayor, Bessie Price, comes over about noon, has lunch, and Chuck Schwab would probably be on the ground with us. So Bessie would be having lunch with Chuck. And then when she's done lunch with Chuck, uh, we would hop in a golf cart and we would go visit all the great companies that support us from a corporate hospitality perspective. So we'd start at 13 and we'd do the double deckers at 13. We'd go to 14, 15, just kind of work our way through, visit some private venues. And she goes up and down in these and out of these venues. So it's kind of hard. It, it's actually hard for me to keep up with her, but. She, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be what we would be doing right now. And then, you know, then of course your phone's blowing up on a few other things here and there. You're trying to keep your eye on the leaderboard. Right now I'm just standing outside scoring and I just finished talking with, uh, Charlie Hoffman and, and it's, it's, it's very, very different. There is no playbook for this. There, you know, the tournament directors, the 45 of us on the PJ tour are all fantastic and and are the best in the business and this is very different from what we would be normally be dealing with so you know nathan at travelers and jason in detroit and and then steve wilmont in harbortown next week they're they're going to get a little taste of this and i know they're prepared but last year and next year i'd be joined at the hip with with our mayor betsy price taking her around and her having the opportunity to say thank you to our our customers I have to think you're able to watch a little golf this year, uh, which is not something you normally do as a tournament director. Boy, that's the truth. You know, everybody, it's like, you know, it, it, and it's really funny because you'll walk into, you'll, you'll walk up to somebody like, hey, did you just see ABC player hit that shot? Or did you, hey, did you realize that Harold Marner's 11 iron? Like, I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm, I'm, I'm DVRing it. I have no idea who's winning. I have no idea where anybody is on the golf course. I didn't watch anybody hit a hole in one yesterday. So it's, that's the normal. Now it's like, yeah, you know, I kind of watch the guy. You know, I watch four or five groups on one. Watch a few guys put out on 18. You know, hop in the cart and drive out. Watch some people play the horrible horseshoe. Sit on the range this morning and watch guys come in. So um, I, it's, I've joked with our tournament staff and our committee, like, let's not everybody get soft. Now, I'm sure it was a real challenge being the first event of the PGA Tour restart. Having planned for a May event and then it was moved to June, you had new pandemic protocols having to be put in place, no fans and very few volunteers. 
But Michael and his team made it look and sound easy, and the event was a success. To hear the entire interview, please go to On the Green Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or at my website, onthegreenconsulting.com, and listen to shows one and two. I also spoke with Steve Wilmot, tournament director of the RBC Heritage, the second event of the PGA Tour restart, and here are a few sound bites from that interview. Now, Steve had been with the tournament for 34 years at the time when I spoke to him, and I asked him if he ever expected to hold an event with no fans. No, and and it's as you can tell, I'm a, you know I'm kind of <laughs> still trying to figure out what's not happening out there and 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 what is happening. Um, you know, you you think for all these years, uh, I've looked for that. We all look for that status quo year, but it's it's been status quo for for months anyway. And uh, for us to have to go through the exercise of unfortunately of canceling the tournament in April, which was the right thing to do at the time, and uh, and then to have the opportunity to host the event again and being rescheduled, which truly came out of the blue, uh, was a great opportunity even without spectators. But it, it is completely different than uh, what we're used to seeing and, and experiencing. And, right. But it's going to show great on television. It's going to be a great experience, and you know people are going to see a, uh, Harbor Town like they've never seen it before, and uh, it's, it's going to be an exciting weekend. I then asked him how preparing for the tournament and the COVID protocols was different from years past uh, tournament week. Well, I mean, the interesting thing, and these are two completely separate tournaments, too. So everything that happened with our ticket sales and sponsor sales and programs for April obviously didn't happen. So this is an operational event. But knowing that the health, safety, and well-being of everybody is the utmost and number one concern for uh, the PGA Tour, RBC, and certainly ourselves. Um, you know, we worked even even closer uh, to make sure we're doing the right things with um, local officials, statewide officials, DHEC, uh, the the community to make sure we're putting our, our best forward in uh, safety precautions. But what we did is, um, you know, for every player, every caddy, uh, rules officials, um, certain tour officials certain Heritage Classic Foundation um, staff, including myself, were all tested prior to. Um, and then there were some other key volunteers that were tested. And then you take it a step further, each and every day, your thermal screened right. um, a process that happens too. So these are things that have never happened before. I mean, these are things that we've worked to, you know, we move player registration and caddy registration outside of the resort here, which is uh, uh, has it's usually at the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was no game plan. There's no playbook. It's it's almost like starting a new tournament from scratch because there are so many different things. And uh, like Michael at the Charles Schwab Challenge, the Friday of the RBC Heritage was quite different for Steve from tournaments past. Um, I'm doing your podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, True. No, it's 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 completely different. What normally happens is the early on in the week, where myself, I'll just say in the case, is I'm working with you know seeing the players, you know, the first couple of days and playing the pro am and all, and then come Thursday. But do you know Wednesday we used to have have a pro am, so it's important because the sponsors Monday we have um, pro am, so those days are with players, but also with sponsors. And then Thursday, 
I don't watch. We don't see see golf. We're we're entertaining our. Um, not necessarily entertaining. It's our our sponsors and and customers that are entertaining their clients. But but we're seeing. We're visiting all the sponsors. We're going over troubleshooting. We're checking out the, the concessions and the operations and you know ecology pickup and porta johnnies and things like that. <laughs> We're we're about at that point we're about outside the rope and inside the rope. But this week has given it's almost it's almost a treat in a way. But I'm just spending time with players and building those relationships because a lot of guys haven't been here. A lot that have been here. And today, I mean, I was around the putting green, driving range. I'm never around those places. I'm right. Doing and you know I'm not. I'm just making sure they're having a good time and appreciate them coming and all. And um, but they're, they're playing golf and they're, you know, and they're and they're leaving. So it's just a, it's a and here. I'm usually worried about the noise and the crowds and parking and those kind of things. So it is completely different. But it's completely different for the the entire staff. They've all their roles have all changed um, because we're not selling tickets. We don't have any sponsorships, you know, sponsors or things. So. Uh, um, it's a new experience for them as well, but they deserve it. They've worked hard. And sure. It's been, a, uh, it's been a long three months, I can tell you that. Now, on Monday of Steve's tournament week, he actually got a call from none other than Michael Toth. Uh, something that you reminded me of this, but Monday night I got a call from Michael Toth, and he said, what up, what, am, what are you doing? You know, and, and then and he proceeded to say just that. He said, you know what, you're going to think, you need something to do. You, you think that you should be doing something. You, you're going to think that you forgot something. Just go enjoy the golf. I mean, when can you, and I've shared that with our staff. I'm like, you know what? You guys have worked hard. Sure. You know, it's not that we're spectators by any means, but go, go ahead. I mean, you're, you know, there's, there, we aren't doing those things we have, but this will never happen again. What was some of the player feedback you asked? Here's Steve. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, we 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 all still do, and um, and yes, they do. They're obviously glad to be back. You know, they're not wanting to be back in a bad situation. They feel that you know that the tour and things have been done right. You know, some of the family guys and maybe some of the more senior guys are you know maybe a little more cautious. You know, with regards to family and children and age and things like that. I also asked about what was happening behind the scenes and what changed from the previous year on the golf course. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, just from the operation side of parking lots and transportation and shuttles and drop off and access and ticket trailers and will call and, you know, the concessions and then the commissary and the food and beverage operations, but all the caterers and the vendors and the expo area, the, all these things I just talked about aren't here. Um, but, uh, but something that's interesting too, I mean, for these, for those that have watched the golf or watching the golf, um, something that has been a lot of fun the last two days is the original tee box on 17 that Mr. Palmer won in 1969, uh, from 213 yards, uh, yards on the par three 17 has not been used in almost 30 years because of bleachers and skyboxes and things, but it's being used this week. Wow. And that's the original tee box. And to be honest with you, the the players love it because that's the original way it was to have been set up. 
So, right, right. You know, so it's it's something that for viewers to see and for people to check out, and it's been it's it's been refreshing because the younger guys or some that have played ten years, they never knew it was there. You know, the new guys are like, "Hey, this is awesome, T box," <laughs> and um, so we're already. <laughs> We're already thinking about next year, you know, how do, how do we make it work? But it's, it's sitting there. There's a natural skybox with that house right there on the 17th tee box. Sure. The players are, they're not playing it all the way back to the 213, but it's, uh, um, that's something that's, hey, you know, let's take advantage of the rules officials and the tour loved it. And it's going to go back uh, Saturday and Sunday to where it's been in years past, but it's been Thursday and Friday. It's been on the right-hand side. It was a great it was a great interview uh, with my good friend Steve Wilmot, and I can't thank him enough for taking time to be on the show. To hear the rest of the interview, go to On the Green Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or on my website, onthegreenconsulting.com, and check out show number two. We'll be right back. Well, that's all the time we have for this show. I really appreciate you listening and hope you let all of your friends and colleagues know about the show as well. And don't be shy about submitting a review of the show on Google or your favorite podcast platform. Now, I hope you enjoyed the third highlight show of our series as we look back at the first three years of On the Green Podcast. Thank you again to all of my guests for taking time to be on the show over the years. Now, all 43 shows can be found on your favorite podcast platform or at my website, onthegreenconsulting.com. And if you have ideas for future shows, please send me an email, tim at onthegreenconsulting.com. I'm your host, Tim Eiley, and until next time, try to keep it in the short grass.